Yes, yes, y'all, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, how you feeling? What's going on? What's popping? It's your main man, formerly Banky W of the EME, now Olubankole Wellington of the Modern Democratic Party, MDP, telling you that you are tuned into Broken Record with Layla. Keep it locked. Don't go nowhere. Uh, by the way, if you're in ATSL, you know anybody that lives there, I'm running for the House of Representatives, so please tell them to vote for MDP. Peace and love. God bless. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Broken Record Podcast with Layla. Actually, I've interviewed him a couple times, but I've never actually interviewed him as anything other than an entertainer. Actor, etc., etc. Mm -hmm. Industry guard. Sorry guys, I was actually choking. <laughs> we hadn't heard from you in years. Mm -hmm. She calls herself a professional Vanessa. We'll find out what that means. <laughs> welcome to the Broken Record Podcast. My name is Layla Johnson Salami. You're going to enjoy this. <laughs> hey, everyone. Welcome back to the Broken Record podcast with, of course, me, Leila Johnson Salami. <laughs> Sorry, it's quite funny because <laughs> my manager is just giving me some look right now. But I am very excited for today's episode because I have someone here that actually I've interviewed him a couple times, but I've never actually interviewed him as anything other than an entertainer right per se hello banky w hi guys banky w formerly of eme now olubankole wellington of the modern democratic party oh it's important my. that you remember that <laughs> where's wow, my camera wow, let me make sure wow. i'm telling the one that's looking at me. modern democratic party olubankole wellington amazing yeah. amazing mm -hmm. now this is very exciting news mm -hmm. um I don't think, okay, I think some people may have expected that Banky was going to run for office, but I don't think it was public knowledge that this was actually something that was going to happen. But mm. when exactly did you decide that you wanted to actually run and do something to contribute to national development? Um, so, so the decision, I think, kind of, it, it grew over time. It wasn't kind of like an overnight thing. Um, I originally always saw myself as somebody with a certain level of, of God-given relevance and a platform, you know, because of the grace of God and my community. So I've always kind of seen myself more as a voice to influence mm. policy and politics as opposed to somebody who was directly involved, you know, himself. But what I found was, you know, for the last 10 years of being relevant in the entertainment business, mm. for the last 10 years of being on the scene as an entrepreneur and as an artist mm. uh, and as an executive, mm. while I have been very vocal about governance and leadership and issues and young people in Nigeria, I mean, mm. you name it, I've done it. I've, I've, I've gone on protests, everything from Occupy Nigeria to bring back our girls to mm. Enough is Enough to light up Nigeria before that. Mm. I've been a part of and if it's to speak at conferences mm. if it's to use your platform to mm. try and kind of shed light on things that I think are important I've done but then I realized that most of us are just talking and that's the problem is that most of us are our activism stops in talking about the problems as opposed to taking it a step further to trying to fix it and I think that Nigeria I believe that Nigeria has kind of gotten to this state because of all of us, you know, we tend to want to point our fingers at our government, but at least they've, you know, kind of stepped up to the plate and decided to do the job that nobody else wants to do. <clears throat> so when I was mulling over it and when I was discussing with my madame, mm. um, and she was like, you know, politics is dirty and it's dangerous and I don't mm. want anything to harm you. I don't want anything to soil you. And I said, well, yes, it's true. Politics is dirty and it is dangerous. 
and it is bad but that's because the good people sit it out that's because the good people don't ever bother getting involved nobody that i know in terms of mm. people who've kind of come up built companies built mm. careers empowered young people mm. nobody from that ilk mm would ever touch politics with a 10-foot pole. But yet all of us sit around and complain about it. And we complain about the state of things. And we complain about the issues in Nigeria. But it's time for some of us to do a little bit more than that. It's time for us to stop just talking about the problems and trying to play a role in fixing it. So I think for me, it was this year when I started going on my young people, let's get our PVCs, my normal election cycle uh, parole. Mm. And you know, I was going through that again. And I was just like, you know... It's not enough. Talking is no longer enough. Our generation needs people to stick their neck out. Our generation needs credible candidates coming to the table. Our generation needs new ideas, uh, new visions, new, a new mission, a new message for the country. And if we don't start now to play a role in trying to fix Nigeria, then we will always be in this e same exact position or worse. Wow. Well, <laughs> that's very wise, you know. And you, you said a lot that... I wouldn't, okay, I could say struck a chord because it's the honest truth. Mm -hmm. And like when you look around you and you look at so many people who could be at the forefront mm -hmm. and could be doing something mm -hmm. and could be actually contributing to making this country better, mm -hmm. but they're doing nothing. Mm -hmm. So seeing someone like you actually step up, um, step up to the plate, sorry, and say, you know what, I'm going to run mm -hmm. is something good to see, something hopeful to see. I yeah. guess that's why your hashtag is Hope19, you yes, know, it is. because it shows that, quite frankly, there are people out there who do have the sense to run this country yeah. that are willing to step up and say, against all odds, I'm yeah. going to contribute and I'm yeah. going to do something. So. Yeah. Well done for that. Thank you. <laughs> well Thank done you for very that. Much. Thank you. But why MDP? That's very interesting. I mean, I definitely wouldn't have seen you trying to run under an APC or a PDP. Right. But at the same time, I don't know why. Maybe now that you're with MDP, it makes sense, but it just yeah. wouldn't have come to my mind. So, so um, <clears throat> like you said, mm. there were certain places that I couldn't go because I didn't want to risk my vision and the ideas and the things that I stand for and the things that I believe in being handicapped. I didn't want to risk, you know, my voice being used to pull for people who I don't necessarily believe in. Mm. And then um, even, and, and you know, this is not just talking about the major powers that be, the major political parties, but also we disagreed, I disagreed <clears throat> with the approach of some of our alternatives. Mm. So, you know, we talk about the presidential race. I'm of the opinion that really it should be a three-horse race and that all of our alternatives should kind of essentially come to their senses for the benefit of this generation, of this yeah. country, to say, let's all put our eggs in one basket behind one person and then let's have three, you know, three candidates and then let people decide who's the best of those three. Mm. What we have now is a situation where nobody's thinking about what is actually going to work. And so everybody's kind of, very focused on, oh, I want to run for president or one of these things. But to be president of Nigeria, you need 25% of the votes in two-thirds of the state first. Yeah. So you could win all of the votes in Lagos and still not win the presidency because it doesn't matter. You mm. need two-thirds of the states. Mm. So you have a situation where there's the big two and then all the other candidates are basically taking votes from themselves and taking different you know, pieces or percentages of those votes which basically guarantees that it's just the big two that will eventually make it. Mm. 
Now, from, from an MDP standpoint, you know, I sat down with the, the party chairman, BK, and I said, you know, I believe that for this generation to go about the process of trying to help fix Nigeria, then it's something that we have to do one community at a time. We have to start at the level of the community. You know, everybody wants to be Obama. People forget that Obama started in the community. He was Absolutely. a community worker. Yeah. You earn the right to ask for the job of president. Mm. You start, Obama started in the community, then he was in the state house, then he was a senator, before he made that leap. Mm. And so what we found is that there's a lack of focus from the candidates, but even from the citizens on that job of representing the community, on the state house of assembly, on the house of representatives, and maybe even higher on the Senate and things like that. You ask 10 young people in Nigeria who their house of reps member is i guarantee you nine of them won't know if not all ten so as a country we've sat back and allowed all of these things i mean these positions are important these are the people who technically are supposed to be able to write the constitution they're supposed to be able to write amendments to the laws they're supposed to be the lawmaking bodies of society that put together laws that yeah. govern how we function as a society and yet even the citizens don't pay attention and so what you have year in, year out, every election cycle, is that nobody's paying attention. So parties just kind of loop in people who they want to give the tickets to, to loop them along with a governor candidate or a candidate for president. And then we as a people just say, okay, along party lines, you know, it's this party that I like this time, so that's who I'm going to vote for. And then we turn around and look at our National Assembly and see them throwing chairs and wonder how we got there. It's you know, ridiculous. we turn around and we look at the fact that a <laughs> senator in Nigeria can marry a 13-year-old girl Disgusting. and get away with it mm -hmm. and then do it again mm -hmm. a couple of years later and get away with it. Mm -hmm. so, so that to me was a red flag to say, as a generation, we're not paying attention. Yeah. We're not seeing what is going on election cycle after election cycle. Mm -hmm. And so what, what I did very intentionally was... MDP understands that this is our strategy. Our strategy is to build a movement for credible, I don't even want to use the term young so much because we do yeah. like young people, but it's more important that you're Modern credible. As well so that's what word. it is. That's yeah. what MDP stands for. It's a movement for credible candidates mm -hmm. to come to and say, going forward from 2019, we're only going for two seats in the house, but going forward, building towards 2023 and beyond, just having a PBC in Nigeria is not enough because you don't get to determine who you're voting for you just vote on who the the party is presented yeah so we want to build a movement that allows for credible candidates to come forth at various levels of government throughout our society we're not saying everybody's fighting for presidency and, and having that conversation what about our lawmakers what about our house of reps what about our state houses of assembly what about our local government chairman what about our councillors? what are people in the senate or what are people all, all of these people what ideas are they putting forth? What are they yeah. focused on? You know, and so I I like that BK and the MDP um, team saw that this was what was important and this was something that we needed to do, and that's the road. Despite it being more difficult, obviously, mm -hmm. not having the backing of a major political party makes it a hundred times more difficult. Yeah, and this is what I believe in. You know. What gets me as well, Banky, is, you know, when you look at the fact that you have senators that have married 13-year-old girls, right? Mm -hmm. 
how is a country with such disgusting child marriage statistics mm-hmm. ever expected to move forward mm-hmm. when our very own leaders mm-hmm. that are supposed to be taking us forward mm-hmm. are doing the same damn thing? Listen, Sorry. You, you bring up an excellent point. And it's, it's not even... The child marriage is despicable, mm. but it's not just that. One in four girls mm. in Nigeria has been sexually abused. Yep. One in four. Of the over 11 million children out of school, two-thirds of them are girls. Yep. The, the girl child in Nigeria is probably our most oppressed person yeah. in terms of how we've behaved as a country for years. Mm-hmm. And, and it goes back to the mindset. It goes back mm-hmm. to things that have been imbibed mm-hmm. down to as little as how we raise our mm-hmm. children and the things that you tell your daughter and the things that you mm-hmm. tell your son. What we are saying is that we need to start putting people in government that can mm. shine the light on mm. these kinds of things. I posted a video this morning mm. about two guys and a girl arguing oh on a TV God. show. Yeah. And the guys were trying to make the point, the absurd point, mm. that you know, a five-year-old wearing... Sh- I can't even say it. The guy said hot pants. As wearing if, bum like, shorts. How he said you, bum yeah. shorts. Yeah, that was it. Bum shorts. On like, a five-year-old. Oh, how can you... Uh, we just, we just finished... Sick. I just did this campaign with mm. the European Union called um, Her Story, Our Story that yeah, we worked oh, yeah, on as I a company that. with them. It raised like 100 million impressions mm. on the internet about the awareness around gender-based violence, which I know you've been very uh, involved with the RISE mm. initiative and things like that. Oh, you watch my stuff. Of course, yes. <laughs> and, and you're yeah. doing fantastic Thank work. Thank you. Now, that, that campaign alone, and it's not anything that I didn't already know, but it reminded me how bad the situation is. Mm. We met the lady who runs the Mirable Center. They've treated over 4,000 patients for free, right, in the last couple of years since they opened. The youngest patient is a three-month-old baby. The oldest patient is a grandma that is 70-something, almost 80 years old. And so so whenever you talk about rape Mm -hmm. and and sexual harassment Mm -hmm. and the way that we treat our girls, there's a segment of the population that tries to immediately focus on their desire to to talk to parents about how they parent their children, forgetting that rape and sexual assault and gender-based violence has nothing to do with the outfit, Mm -hmm. but everything to do with the oppressor. It is not about what a five-year-old, the shorts a five-year-old child was Mm -hmm. wearing. Because how do you explain a three-month-old getting raped? Mm -hmm. How do you explain a woman in in a hijab getting raped? Mm -hmm. How do you explain a grandma that's damn near 80 years old getting assaulted? What was the three-month-old wearing? What was the grandma wearing? And that's, and that's the, this is the mentality. And it's sad Mm. Because I posted this thing mm. and a certain percentage of the population oh. got into defending the guys to say, yes, uh, you know, our parents need to do something. Our children cannot be dressed. And I'm what like, that's, that's, not, that's not the point. Like, it's a child. It's because you sake. see a female child. Anyway, it's so ridiculous. Lagos State only just adopted a 25-year jail term, mm-hmm. you know, for mm-hmm. perpetrators of sexual and domestic violence. Mm-hmm. But firstly, do you, do you think that's enough? I think it's a start. Mm. I, I, you know, left to me. I, I feel so strongly about these things that mm. if you leave it up to me, you don't even want to know the sentence that I would prescribe. Yeah. But I think that it's at least a start in the right, a step in the right direction. But what, what I am saying and what, what we are saying is that we've really got to take a look at the people that we're allowing enter government mm-hmm. in these lawmaking positions. Because these things should be a no-brainer. Mm. It shouldn't be something that we 
it doesn't make sense to me that we have to be lobbying for this. This should be yeah. like a common sense. It's an automatic thing. thing. Protect the children. Like and and you know, and this is a mindset mm. that I think has permeated our country for too long. The minute that I posted the video on my social media, or the minute that you post anything about it, somebody immediately tries to say, eh, what was the person wearing? What was she doing then? What you know, it's we, so we, disgusting. we we they're, they're just, you know, what did the parents dress their child? You know? Mm. And it's like, guys, what you don't realize that a, a pedophile mm. does not need your child to be wearing bum shorts to have the desire to to molest or rape your child. Absolutely. That is a sick, perverted, twisted desire mm -hmm. that exists mm -hmm. that must be eradicated in our society, period. Yeah. So this so I have zero tolerance. And mm. some people said when I posted the video mm. that I was a little harsh. When you have sat in front of mm. and, and heard these stories of victims, of yeah. kids, a three-month-old, an 11-year-old. I mean, we, we posted the video. Mm. That, you know, we, we were able to, to shield her face. But we mm. posted the story of an, a, a very brave 11-year-old girl that told the story of her uncle mm. who had been raping her and giving her 50 naira Layla, in Nigeria. We are raping eleven. Like they are raping eleven-year-olds and giving yeah. them fifty naira because yeah. there's no food in the house. Look, you know what? You know what scares me as well. It's not even. It cuts across every intersection because it doesn't even matter whether you come from a very low-class background, middle class, or higher yep. class. So all of it is disgusting. But thank God we do have people like you that are willing to stand there and actually do something about all of this. Which is why, Banky, I need you to tell me. I'm gonna put you on the spot a bit. Okay. So. Give me five things that we can expect of you in Etiosa, local government area, okay. as House of Representatives starting in 2019. And for those of you listening who may not be familiar with Lagos or may not be familiar with Nigeria, where we are right now, Etiosa is a basically, local government uh, it's area. It's a local government area. It's basically Ajato Balende. Yes, basically. Uh, basically. That's that's the, the expanse of area yeah. that it covers. So um, it covers quite a few places in Lagos. So, he, so here are the five things. Um and, I, and I'm going to, to start by saying I want to redirect people to my website, mm. bankywellington.com, mm. because my legislative agenda is mm. fully there. And if you are interested to, to kind of drill in and see the plans mm. that we have, please go there and check it out. Mm. Now, the things that we want to cover um, as, far as, as part of my legislative agenda are as follows. One, education. Mm. I in a personal capacity over the years, have been very concerned with education mm -hmm. in Nigeria to the point where I have given deserving student scholarships home and abroad. Mm -hmm. I've donated to schools. I've adopted schools in Lagos, outside of Lagos, mm -hmm. to say, what can we do to make this environment better mm -hmm. for our children? As a legislator, I want to be part of the team that ensures that the right kind of curriculum goes on in our society. And what yeah. I mean by that is, the fact that schools exist, the majority of our schools for the grassroots today in Nigeria do not have working computers. This is an information technology world. We have a world that this is where the world is going. The world is discussing artificial intelligence and uh, virtual reality and all of these Bitcoin, all these technology-related spheres in society. And we have entire generations of young people who have never sat in front of a computer. I think that as a society, that has to change. So yep. from one, from the standpoint of introducing bills that say, in the curriculum in Nigerian education today, these are the things that we need to ensure that we are doing to properly prepare our next generation of leaders. But also to, to 
to, like a piggyback or a second point is to say to continue the efforts that I've done, but now as a legislature, mm -hmm. to encourage more scholarships, to encourage more encouragement, to encourage more empowerment. That's education. Um, healthcare. We want to champion bills. We want to be part of the team that champions affordable and accessible healthcare in Nigeria. Again, I, I lean back on my personal capacity and the things that I've been involved in over the years. People know that I've gone through cancer. You know, people mm -hmm. know this. Um, the thing that stuck out to me about my cancer experience mm. was that God saved me and blessed me with the ability to afford it, mm. to just pay for it. Mm. What you have in Nigerian society is, is, a, is an entire segment of the population that can't afford the very basic of medical bills. And so what could have been a tumor removal surgery, because the person can't afford it, I see it over and over again. So it, it graduates from stage one to stage two to stage yeah. three to stage four, and then they die. Yeah. And then our, uh, our maternal uh, mortality, like the, every 10 minutes, yeah. a woman in Nigeria dies mm. because of pregnancy or childbirth. Yeah. Our neonatal mortalities, 528 yeah. per day. This is what, this is the state of things. And yet we have a government that sees it fit mm. to spend 70 plus percent of our budget on recurrent expenditure. We also, I also want to focus on mm. um, um, gender equality. And, mm. I, and I extract that to say mm. gender equality, um, uh, gender-based violence, mm. anything in that area, we, we, have to do, we have to do better mm. as a country. These things must be on the mm. table. We just finished running through some of the numbers as to what, how we treat our girls. We need to push these laws, these anti-rape laws. So what, these... Are we, what are we gonna see? Sorry to like cut you off on that. Like no problem. In terms of like gender equality, in terms of fixing issues that have to do with the oppression of women yes. within this local government area. Yes. What would we expect to see under your local government representation? So yeah. what what we're saying is that for okay, the process of mm. laws in Nigeria is that you know, in the House of Reps you can introduce bills. Those bills, you debate them, you argue them, they eventually become laws if the Senate and the President um, assent to it. Mm. So you pass those bills through. Mm. What I am saying is that I will champion bills mm. that have to do with anti-rape, mm -hmm. bills that have to do with affirmative action for mm. our girls, because mm. I feel like as a society, these are the things that need to be on the agenda for our lawmaking bodies. Mm. We cannot have a House of Reps and a Senate that does not see the importance mm. in affirmative action, see the importance in anti-rape laws, see the, yeah. you know, we're talking about the lawmaking bodies of our, this is what a House of Reps member is supposed to do. Whereas what our House of Reps members mm. generally are known for is arguing mm. some of the most senseless things mm. on TV and throwing chairs and, and all of this it's random so madness. It's embarrassing. <laughs> like, it's so embarrassing. People, you know, it, it, you, know mm. uh, you know, Mr. Jollof, who's a great guy, yeah. uh, and I had a, a little funny exchange, mm. right? And, you know, people were saying, ah, you know, Maggie mm. W is not rough enough to be in the house. Mm. And it just, it made me realize, first of all, I am rough enough to be in the house. But secondly, mm. um, it made me realize that our people maybe don't even realize mm. that your House of Reps members are supposed to be essentially lawyers for the country. Yeah. They're the people that are supposed to write laws, mm -hmm. write the constitution, amend the constitution, mm -hmm. uh, introduce bills that become law, and those laws govern society. They're not supposed to be touts and area boys that are just going there to throw stones and all of that. But that has decayed yeah. and become what it is because that's who we've allowed mm -hmm. To be part We're of it. We're not supposed to be seeing stories of, oh, someone came in and stole the mace. You know, like, yeah, it's 
so your house of reps uh, and your senate <laughs> essentially are supposed to be the most intellectually advanced mm. members of society these are the people that create the laws that society lives by mm. so that's what we're saying is that and 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 you know the interesting thing about it i, I sorry mm. I, I i've gone off mm. on a tangent but the interesting thing about it is that now what i'm finding is that maybe because i'm running mm. People are paying attention now. Mm. People are questioning their House of Reps candidates. Mm. To say, okay, what is it that you're going to do? Mm. What are the areas that you're focused on? What's mm. important to you? We were on the campaign trail. Uh, I, I met this guy who who now lives in Etiosa, but at, you know, sometime before he lived in another local government mm. area, and he was telling me that you know, years ago before the last election, I met the guy who was contesting for House of Reps in my constituency. Mm. Seemed like a nice enough guy, so I voted for him. I passed out flyers for him. And in the four years since, I saw him three times and three times only. This was so so you we we have a generation of leaders that get into the office to just go and take office and you don't see them. They don't report yeah. back to you. So if you look in my legislative agenda, you see that we are going to do town halls. Mm -hmm. You see that once a quarter at least, I will physically myself. Mm -hmm. I and, and and I'm telling people mm -hmm. that part of this process is holding people accountable to what they promise you. Absolutely. So if I tell you that I'm going to do a town hall, then hold me accountable to it. And if I don't deliver, if you don't see me, mm -hmm. if I disappear, then vote me out. And yeah. that's that's where we need to get to as a country, mm -hmm. where we hold people accountable mm -hmm. to those offices. So we talk about town halls, we talk about scholarships, we mm -hmm. talk about um, job creation, youth empowerment, mm -hmm. youth inclusion. Again, these are things that I've been working on in a personal capacity over the years. And again, what we're saying is that Somebody running for office does not decide after he's gotten into office to care about education. Mm -hmm. If he cared about, or she cared about education, mm -hmm. then they would have shown that all along. They would have been involved in scholarships or adopting. They would have been doing something mm -hmm. over the years, which is what we're saying is that it's time for us to start focusing on the people. Maybe not so much the party. Maybe now it's time for us to say, who is the person mm -hmm. going for this seat? Who are the people going for it? And who is my best option mm. that will care about the things that I care about? Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, okay. Because speaking speaking of that as well, I, it's very interesting because you're up against someone who is said to have a certain level of, quote-unquote, again, clout, as they say. Yeah. Um, how does that make you feel? Because I'm sorry to say, I will put it out there, I just don't, I don't trust elections in Nigeria. People mm -hmm. don't trust elections in Nigeria because there are certain people, allegedly, and um, before they do run for the elections, everyone around them that is basically trying to mobilize them to run for the elections mm -hmm. probably already know that <laughs> this guy is already winning it. Mm -hmm. So I feel like it makes me skeptical to a yeah. lot of elections that we see. Yeah. So how does that make you feel? Do you feel like, you're running against someone who may have another agenda that you don't know about? Or do you feel like this is actually going to be a free, fair, and credible election? Here's what I'll say. And, and I think this is something that I hope that the country, and especially our generation, mm. finally understands. If you want a free and fair election, you just have to show up. The greatest voter constituency in Nigeria, the people, the greatest group of voters who have the power to sway any election from the presidency all the way down are the people that don't show up. Yep. The last election, there were 90 million or so registered voters. Ask me how many took part. In the last elections, it was what, 27 million? 28, ba barely 28 mm -hmm. million. In this seat, in Etiosa federal constituency, there were 250-something thousand registered voters. You know how many took part? How many? 56K. 
You know how many it took to win? 28K. So this is what we're saying, is that if people want to ensure that an election election is free and fair, then show up and get everybody around you to show up. Because what people, I hope, and I've been saying this, bless you, I've I've been saying this over and over again, Mm. is that what people don't seem to want to understand or grasp is that by not showing up, you've created the, the perfect scenario mm-hmm. for rigging to occur. Mm-hmm. If somebody makes an allotment for 10 people in this room to vote and one person shows up, then he can play games with the other nine slots. Mm-hmm. But if out of the 10 people that were planned for, eight, nine, 10 people show up, then there's very little that you can do without looking completely blatantly obvious mm-hmm. as to what you're trying to do. The room for rigging happens when people don't show up. The room yeah. for swaying elections, for, for, for corrupt practices, they, they depend on the apathy of the citizens mm. to be able to create those scenarios for themselves. So do you think people are going to show up? Do you think the 2019 House of Reps elections for ITOSI is going to be different? And we're not going to see another case of just 56,000 people you know what? to vote. Honestly, I don't know. Mm. I honestly don't know the answer to the question. What I do know mm. is that sitting down and wondering or assuming is, worse. is, is a worse option for yeah. me than saying, you know what, maybe maybe this generation just needs somebody to stick their neck out that they can believe in and say, okay, maybe because of this guy, I'm going to stand up. And if, if that means that I inspire more young people to care, then that's already a win for me. If I, if I inspire more people to care about their house of reps and their houses of assembly and all of these things, and if I inspire more voters to turn up, if I inspire that young person who was going to use election day to play football or hang out with his girl or something like that, if I can inspire that, inspire that young lady to stand up and stand up for her community, mm. then that's a win for me. And that's partly why we're doing this is because we need to care again. We... We don't realize that as a generation, we are complicit in the state of Nigeria by our inaction, by the decision to not take part. You have, by not voting, you have voted for things to remain the same. Whoa, that is actually, <laughs> that's a lot Sorry. to take in. But you know yeah. what? Everything you said is facts. Yeah. It's facts. And quite frankly, I do hope that people listening to this are actually going to feel encouraged I hope to so. get out there and vote. Because... Mm-hmm. Even the top states with the most abandoned PVCs is here in Lagos State. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. how many people is that already in the Etiosa local government alone, which there is a huge go. one, you know? So exactly. all of these things weigh in and add up. So it's um it's great to know that you have this energy towards it and to know that for some people out there, there is hope, there is another option. Yeah. And things don't necessarily have to be the same. Yeah. But are you still going to be making music? Are we still going to be having some things out? Are we still going to be listening to your jams? So, so obviously, it? you know, it depends on the results of the elections. Mm. I don't say if. When I get into office, by the uh-huh. grace of God, <laughs> what, um, yeah. public service becomes my number one job. Mm. It becomes the thing that I'm, you know, it's, it's my day-to-day. It'll become the thing that I do first before I think about anything else. So obviously... I wouldn't be able to put out, say, music or movies at the same frequency as when I was a full-time entertainment entrepreneur. However, I don't think that I would ever permanently turn my back on entertainment or music and movies and, you know, that entire um, system. Uh, It's something that I love, something that I'm very passionate about. But now I'm also of the opinion where it's like, my number one concern now is impact. Mm. I want to leave an impact for the next generation. I want Mm. to 
impact i want to influence i want to leave the world around me better mm. you know i i um I, I just want i just this is what i want this is mm. and and the number one way that you can impact an entire nation and an entire generation is through politics mm. and so if if i can do politics great entertainment will take a back seat to that mm. but i'll still be involved you know over time mm. and i'll still find a way to you know still make my way back into the music and the movie making business mm. however for me now it's about you know I, I i know what i went through as a business owner i know what i went through as a record label executive i know what i'm still going through as a media agency mm -hmm. owner i know what the, the difficulties that i've had to face mm -hmm. to build a business in this kind of terrain mm -hmm. what i'm saying now is hey you know maybe if i cross over into the government side of things and start influencing things there then maybe i can make life easier for all the next business owners and the, all the new artists and all the new record labels that are coming along and just need a more conducive environment and need a government that cares about protecting their copyrights and needs a, a government that understands that we're sitting on a gold mine in Nigeria in terms of entertainment. Look at America. Look at the tax revenue that is generated from Hollywood, from the music business. Look at the jobs. Right now, with not nearly enough governmental support, Nollywood is the second highest employer of labor in Nigeria. You see? Nollywood. After the federal government, it's Nollywood. And this is a Nollywood that is scraping mm -hmm. to just create the right scenarios. Mm -hmm. it's, it's a Nollywood that has barely scratched the surface of what it can become. And it's already the second highest employer of labor. Mm -hmm. So what we're saying, what I'm saying is mm -hmm. that I want to cross over onto that side of the table. Mm -hmm. And I want to make things better and easier for the environment, for businesses to mm -hmm. grow, for young people to be empowered. Mm -hmm. You know, my favorite thing about the music business is how it has become an equalizer mm -hmm. and how it has taken people who probably would have been like these street boys on the street or, you know, ended up in God knows whatever kind of line of work and built champions out of them and, and given careers to people. And I'm not just talking about artists. But everybody in that entertainment ecosystem, artists, producers, engineers, managers, fashion designers, photographers, people in the event business, dancers, you know, models. We, we've got a, an entire business that grew with little to no government support and has created champions, built businesses, given jobs to people, music, movies, fashion, you name it. We need people in government that understand that, that have seen that, that have been involved in that, and that will now be part of this team of new leaders that will make the environment for young people, for young businesses, for small and medium-scale enterprises mm -hmm. to grow and to flourish in this same Nigeria. Spot on. <laughs> Thank you. I think you've really you. thought this through. I think you've honestly said, now is the time. And if I think not so. now, then when? Yeah. If not you, then who? You know? Yeah. And that's something that more of us need to start asking ourselves. Yeah. I mean, an opportunity has come through. We have so much to depend on. Yeah. And all it takes is actually getting out there and voting. Yeah. Right now, the political terrain in Nigeria is like the wild, wild west, right? We have 90-something political parties. This is completely insane. And I'm saying this as a member of one of the 90-something mm -hmm. political parties. But I think that part of the reason for that is because it's it's tough to join a party that you don't believe in the, the the main candidates or the main faces or the main you know whatever in those parties because at the end of the day each person needs to decide what are the issues that are important to me 
what are the principles that I stand on? What's my moral compass? Mm -hmm. What are the, the things in society that I would like changed or I'd like focused on yeah. from my government? And what that means is it's time for us as a country to start talking about people. Let's, let's, let's move the discussion further and say, oh, if I don't vote for this party or this party, then my vote is wasted. You know, we were just talking earlier about mm -hmm. how it's not just about the presidency. It's about every level of government. Exactly. So look in your local constituency. You know, if you're in Etiosa, look at my, at me. But um, <laughs> but but that's what we want. Is we want people, young people, to start paying attention to say, okay, who are my choices for my House of Representatives mm -hmm. in my area? Which one of them best represents me? Which one of them would best represent me? Which one of them would care? Mm -hmm. Which one of them would answer to me? Which one of them can I hold accountable? That's who you cast your vote for. Mm. The person that you know that you can engage, the person that you know that you can hold accountable, the person that best fits the description of, of who you want representing you and the issues that you are concerned about. Yeah. And, I, and I hope that we've gotten to that point where in 2019, mm. people start to vote for credible people as opposed to saying, oh, I'm just going to follow the bandwagon Nigerians, we're not bandwagon people. As we're leaders. Think of, think about Nigeria. We're leaders. Yeah. We're culture leaders. We're thought leaders. We are. The, you you put a Nigerian anywhere in this world, and mm. he will, he or she will find a way to flourish. Mm. You, that's why our music is doing what it's doing globally. That's why our movies are traveling the way they're traveling mm -hmm. because people are attracted to that mm -hmm. innate, charismatic leadership quality that exists mm -hmm. in Nigerians. What we're saying is that those same qualities that we expect of our entertainment business and our fashion mm -hmm. and our young people, we should expect that of the people that we put in government. Absolutely. And until we get it right, then may we very well be a one-term government country mm -hmm. at every level, from the top all the way down. Until we get it right, people, our candidates, our, our leaders, the people in government office, and I'm not just talking about the president, mm -hmm. I'm talking about everybody. All of these candidates, all of these leaders in office need to understand that your political office is not your birthright. I'm telling it does you. not belong to your family. It does not belong to you yeah. because you have the most money. Yeah. It doesn't belong to you because somebody said, oh, yeah, you know, you're a member of his family mm -hmm. or you are whatever. He owes you a favor, so he's going to give you a ticket. Mm -hmm. No, it's nobody's birthright. Thank you. It is the, the right of the people to choose the kind of people they want representing them. Mm. It's just unfortunate that, that for too long, mm. we as a people have just sat back and allowed whoever. Yeah. And it's so funny, right? Because there's even a particular governor that has gone from Senate to two-time governor to mm -hmm. running for Senate again. Mm -hmm. And you just question the mentality behind us as the people. What exactly are we doing? How Man. is this actually happening? Man. Well, Banky, we, I can't get we, angry. We, we, <laughs> listen, we, we, we just spoke mm. about a senator, a senator mm. marrying a 13-year-old girl. Yep. We, there's a governor, a sitting governor right now that has been filmed on camera mm. collecting bribes. Mm -hmm. it, it blows my mind. Mm. You know, like I'm sitting and I'm watching this and I'm, I'm saying like... Is nobody else frustrated? Does this not frustrate anybody? Yeah. Does, but that's what we're saying, is that oh, we need people in government that will check mm. governments, that will check the powers mm. that be, that will say, no, 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 no. You mm. don't get to sweep this under the carpet. You have to be held accountable for your actions. Absolutely. Sorry, we can, Absolutely. I talk like this from you now know, to if, next week. If we don't stop, we'll, be, we'll yeah. actually be here till next yeah, yeah, week yeah, yeah, because yeah, yeah. the more you talk, the more frustrated it actually makes you. 
But honestly, Banky, you have to come back. Oh, yeah. You have course. to come back because this conversation definitely has to continue. As I take my leave, mm. I, I just want to say this. I want to commend you specifically mm. because I admire the way that you use your voice. Mm. I admire the, the things that you stood up for. I admire that you stood up for young girls. I admire that you stood up against rape. You know, we need a country where each of us, in whatever aspect you know that we are in control of in whatever area of influence that we have each of us needs to stand up for something yeah. each of us needs to play our part in making nigeria a little bit better when we all start doing that then you'll start to see these the changes and the fixing of nigeria that we've been clamoring for all along Absolutely. each of us has a responsibility to whatever part of this country that we're in and whatever area of influence that we are to use our voice to use our votes mm. to use our our, our influence to just make life around us a mm. little bit better for the society around us. And Absolutely. if we start doing that, we'll be in a good place. So kudos to you. Please keep it up. You are, you are fantastic. <laughs> I love the way that you've stood up for young girls specifically and against rape and against sexual harassment. And, you know, the work that you're doing with uh, the Rise Network and, and all of that, I, I fully you. commend you. So thank please you keep so, it up. Thank you so much. And coming from you, that does mean a lot. And thank you. You're welcome. And to be honest, I think the same goes for you because seeing someone... Don't watch who, me because I, no, I said no, no, that. No, 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 but seriously, like, <laughs> no, how many musicians do you see turn politician because they actually saw a platform that they knew they could use to to enact a greater change, you know? And it's a bold move to make. You, yeah. you know your losses. You yeah. know the things that you also can gain. Yeah. And it's a very bold step to take. So thank you. And I do hope thank that you. that also opens the doors for more people in the industry to I actually so. step forward and say, I you know so. what, I have a platform and I'm going to use it. I pray so. so. Thank I, you, I, should, I, I quickly, um, last thing, mm. I forgot. I have a movie out up north. The, the things that you've seen on the surface, it looks like a comedy about an NYSC experience. Mm. But in that is a story about love and pain and sacrifice and what it takes to stand up for love is a, is a story about the girl child, mm. about educating and empowering our girl children specifically because of how they've been treated by our society. Mm. In that is a story about Nigeria and our beautiful cultures and how coming from different cultures, it should be a strength. It should be something that brings us together. We should be trying to tolerate and understand each other and love each other and rebuild our society together as opposed to using these different different differences in tribe and mm. tongue to to tear us apart exactly. in that movie is the most beautiful depiction of nigeria that you didn't know existed hmm. people don't know how beautiful this country is hmm. you i promise you the scenery in up north alone for you to know that Nigeria looks like this now, mm. today. That we have the same animals that exist in Kenya and mm. South Africa that have built entire economies around their tourism. Mm. Those animals, I saw giraffes, Leila. I saw them mm -hmm. less than 200 yeah. yards from my face. The most beautiful, majestic creatures I'd ever seen. In Sumu Park, in Yankari Game Reserves, these animals are there. I need there. to visit. Oh, my I goodness. I need to visit. The, the challenge oh. for us is we need to do better as a country with what mm -hmm. we've been blessed with because we've been blessed with so mm. much. We've been blessed with so much. Absolutely. Nigeria should be, I'm sorry, I'm just rambling now, but Nigeria should be the kind of place. Mm. If you look at our traits and, and what attracts people to us, it's our music, it's our movies, it's mm -hmm. our fashion, it's our culture, it's our tradition, it's our swag, it's the mm -hmm. way that we carry ourselves, it's you the know. things that we talk about. Somebody, when you Google vacation destinations in, in the world. I want Nigeria to be a place that 
pops up on people's lists because they want to come to Nigeria to go on a safari mm-hmm. in Bauchi and then they want to come to Lagos to watch Wizkid or mm-hmm. David perform at the shrine, perform yeah. their Afrobeat hits at the shrine mm-hmm. and then they want to go to a Lagos party in a club or they want to sample our cuisine mm-hmm. or they want to go to a Maya Tafel mm-hmm. shop. Yeah. We need to, that's the country that we yeah, are. Exactly. That's the country that we've always been. We are just a country that has been too focused on oil and on stealing money mm-hmm. to pay attention to how we can start to be, rebuild mm-hmm. these other aspects of our society. The simple primary essence of governance alone, which is literally just security and welfare that we can't get right. Oh, we failed even in that. Issue. You yeah, know, we so. failed in that. Last year alone, Lagos could generate 800 billion naira from tourism alone. Then what Amazing. the hell is this country capable Amazing. of? So Amazing. spot on, Banky, and thank you so much. Thank there you. will be no five minutes with Leila this week. I mean, <laughs> Banky well, is I'm running. Taking the time. <laughs> Bank on Banky. Yeah. <laughs> thank you guys all so much for tuning in, and stay tuned, of course, for the next episode next week.